Okay, so Wild Card Weekend is over. That was probably the best Wild Card Weekend I ever saw. Um, we got a lot to get into today, guys. Uh, we, I cannot wait. I, I was holding back my tongue. I wanted to do. I wanted to do something before today because I knew I wanted to stick to my podcasting schedule. But I cannot wait. We got playoff football that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about. We're going to recap Wild Card Weekend matchups, and then we're going to we're going to come to some divisional matchups. Um, coaching hirings, what I feel, what I don't like, what I like. The NFC East has a lot going on. We have the Cowboys coach. We got the Giants coach. We have the Browns. They're still trying to do what the Browns do. Um, but I cannot wait. I like the, I like the hire for the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. Uh, the Giants, you'll see, uh, how I feel about that hire that they made, but I am going. This this is going to be a jam packed loaded one, guys. I cannot wait. Um, I I did absolutely horrible in my predictions with Wild Card Weekend. Totally, totally went left. But without further ado, let's go. I'm ready. So, you know, I'm going to start off with a quote. Um, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, this New England thing. I watched all, like I said, I watched all of the playoff games. I watched all of the wild card matchups. Love them. Fantastic games. They were all fantastic games. Seattle one was a little slow, but... Most for the most part, I enjoyed the weekend. Wild card, probably one of the best wild card weekends that I can remember. Um, you know that 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 was phenomenal. And then we had two six seed teams win. Two six seeded teams win. Uh, I wonder what's the, when the last time that happened. But this New England thing, they lost. We all know they lost to Tennessee twenty to thirteen. And I just I. I, I New England, come on! But we all expected this. Um, I, I and I didn't think they was gonna lose this game against the Titans because I was looking at New England's at home. It's the Bel- it's, it's Belichick and the Patriots and Brady. The Titans haven't won a big game since I don't know when. They haven't won a big game since I don't know when. So I said, huh? Why not take my bet and go with New England? I, you know, made my picks, of course, my predictions before the game, and New England loses. Not mad at that. Uh, didn't do a good job of picking my games this week. But this New England thing, 
I told you guys, this is how dynasties end. A lot of luck has to be involved with dynasties. And this is how dynasties end. Brady and Belichick, this might be the end. Brady, uh, you know, 40, 42, going on 43 by the time the season starts back up again. Um, you know, we all know he's a free agent. He has free agency roaming over his head. So we still got some questions we have to answer there. Is Josh McDaniel still going to be there? Uh, Robert Kraft, wh- whose side does he pick, essentially? Because Brady wants big money. And coming into the season, Belichick basically refused to give him big money. And Belichick been trying to give it to Brady for years now. It's been a few years since Brady's been since Belichick has been trying to get rid of Brady. Brady Belichick wanted Be- Belichick wanted Brady gone, and he wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo as the long term guy, as the f- new franchise guy. He wanted the he wanted the di- he wanted the ditch on Brady. He saw the life of Brady. He saw Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my God, he's the perfect fit. Robert Kraft wouldn't let him. Robert Kraft wouldn't let him get rid of Brady. So will Robert Kraft use his emotion to make the right to make the decision, or think wisely, choose wisely, and make the right decision? Because emotionally, he's with Brady. Emotionally, he's with Brady. Brady's been playing it for twenty years. Brady's forty-two. Brady's won them six titles. He 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 he's the godchild. He 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 is the child. He is the good son. But that's only for one or two more years. Robert Kraft has a big decision to make. Or does he go with the coach, Bill Belichick? Does he go with the system? Does he does he does he hang in there with Bill Belichick and let Brady walk? He let Brady walk and I, I mean most some of the teams that are being rumored uh, that Brady might be interested in are in all, all most of them are in the AFC. So, Kraft, Robert Kraft has a big decision to make. Do you keep Brady or do you move on from Bill Belichick? And if you do decide to keep Brady, I don't think you have to move on from Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick will want out because I don't think Bill Belichick is willing. To give Brady a two-year, $40 million contract. Because that's essentially what Brady is looking for. That, that Probably not that exact amount. But it's in the ballpark. It's a good estimate. And I, I don't... I don't think I don't think Belichick is I don't think Belichick wants to give... I don't think he's going to give him that type of contract. A two-year, $40 million deal. He, he wanted to... Tr- he wanted to trade him a few years ago. You think he wants to give him a twenty-year, a twenty million dollar per year deal? Even even if it's only for two years, Brady Belichick doesn't want to do that. Bill Belichick was doesn't do not want to do that. He's gonna make the right decision for the New England Patriots, and if he feels that decision doesn't. Fit Tom Brady in the course and the plans with that with 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 with, with a contract with a new contract that doesn't owe, that doesn't underpay him and he doesn't have to take pay cuts. 
then that's when, that's when Belichick will have full control. But I don't think it's going to go down like that. I think, I don't know. Because looking back at this thing, a couple weeks ago when I first heard the idea, or a couple months ago when I first heard the idea of Brady going to the Chargers or Brady going elsewhere, I didn't believe it. A couple weeks ago, it comes up again. I'm like, okay, reasonable points. But if I'm a betting man, I bet that he stays in New England. And they lose the wild card game, um, which I did not predict. But I knew this. I knew this New England team, especially with this type of offensive personnel. I knew they weren't. I knew they weren't going to make the, the Super Bowl. I knew they weren't good enough to make the Super Bowl. Now I did not have them losing in the wild card round. I had them losing in the following round, the divisional round. But you think Belichick's gonna give him a contract for that? You think Belichick is gonna give him? Look at the pending how the way he looked. But Tom also used the argument: Look who you have around me. Look at who you have around me. You have Nikhil Hurry and Jacoby Myers, a banged up Julian Edelman who's not who wasn't himself, Muhammad Sanu, a good veteran receiver, but not not, not a guy that's gonna beat you down the field vertically. You gave me Lacoste. You gave me a guy named Ozuski. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Brady looked average this year. At times, below average. But he looked, for the most part, he looked average this year. Brady looked real average, and I don't think I have, I don't think I never said that. Brady looked average all throughout the year. And yeah, some of it's due to the offensive struggles and the personnel or the lack lack thereof um, there in New England. But you're Brady, and you're 42. We gotta admit, Brady. He's looking a little old. Arm strength. Mm. I, I I don't know how this thing in. And 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 Brady's dad, hey, close source. Brady's dad said it was not gonna end well in New England for Brady, for Tom, and for the Patriots. It's, he he said the mutual relation it's not gonna end well. It's not gonna end well. And could this be the boiling pot? Could this be the last straw? Because, you know, after the game, Brady's un- first, Brady's unlikely to retire. And Brady wants a big contract, and he's not giving the Patriots a discount. He's not giving them a hometown deal. He wants the same thing from everybody. And quite frankly, I don't blame him because he's been taking pay cuts f- for years now in New England. And offensively, New England has provided him with nothing. Nada. Nathan. Nathan. They have provided him with nothing at all. He's essentially made these players this year. Um, Sonny Michelle is not a bad running back. But if Brady was to go to the Chargers, is he Melvin Gordon? No. He's not that. Not a bad running back. But just look at the offensive personnel that he had that she that 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 the Patriots have. Just look at the personnel, and it wasn't it wasn't much to work with. 
So Brady may he may he may Brady may have lost some arm talent. Maybe he can't throw the deep ball as smoothly and as fluent as he used to. But I don't think Brady is this bad. And like I said, Robert Kraft has a interesting and a big move to make. Because first, I think Belichick goes to Kraft and says, hey, we can't give Tom big money. We cannot give Tom big money. You might owe him a couple, you know, favors, but we cannot owe him, we cannot pay him max dollars. I don't think that would happen. I refuse for it to happen. If that was, I think, just think Belichick was thinking like this, and Kraft, you know, he always owners had the upper the upper hand. Kraft could say, "Hey, I think Tom still has some left in him," and I think that will prompt that will prompt Robert Kraft to ask Robert Quinn. I'm sorry. That would be Belichick, you know, Kraft, to go to Brady and say, hey, here goes your deal. Here goes your deal. Take it or leave it. I don't, and I think Brady takes it, but is he going to get that far? Where does Belichick go? Belichick. It's going to be an interesting story. This is going to be an interesting storyline to cover cover all offseason to see where the chips may law where, where the chips may fall for New England. It's going to be an interesting offseason story. Even if, you know, they all seen Kumbaya and Brady signs and Belichick is some way somehow cool with it. Okay. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Belichick, even if Brady gets the deal, even if Brady lands the deal, I don't think Belichick's going to be cool with that. Because Belichick's been trying to get rid of Brady for the last few years, and Robert Kraft has denied it. Instead of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, the much younger, athletic Jimmy Garoppolo, they kept Brady. Belichick is always, he's always been known for to get, he's always been known to get rid of you too early before it's too late. It might be too late. It, it just may, it just may be too late. I see you guys on the next segment. Uh, we're going to have a jam pack on this next segment right here. I got you guys.
Okay, so I'm back. Um, I want to talk about the, the Saints and the Vikings. So yeah, I did pick the Saints to win, but 95% of America picked the Saints to win this game against the Vikings. And yes, I'm glad for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good guy, but even if he wasn't a good guy, I'm still glad for him. He came through in the big game, good for Kirk Cousins. It's about time he came through in the big game. It's about time. But once again, we have our questions, and we have our we we just have I, I well I don't know I don't know about we, but I me myself have my questions for the Saints once again, and once again for the Saints fans, who fault is it now? It's it, it, oh, it's let me guess it's the refer it, it's the referees fault now it's the it, it, it's the it's the guys in the stripes. Fault now. You guys blamed them last year for Sean Payton's and Drew Brees' shortcoming in the playoffs. Me personally, Cal would all play. I don't think it was a push off. I don't think it's a push off. I don't think it's a push out of push off at all. But once again, the the Saints have put themselves in this situation. They have put themselves under this circumstance. And their fans are found once again crying. Crying. We, that was a push off. Kyle Rudolph pushed off. No offensive pass interference. When are we going to actually look at Sean Payton? Sean Payton, since 2009, has, you know, when he won that Super Bowl, He's missed the playoffs four times. And then the last three times he was in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. We know what happened. Lost to Minnesota and Case Keenum. Lost to Minnesota again and Kirk Cousins. And then last year, lost to Jared Goff and the Rams. Two of these games are on the road. In all three of these games, the Saints are in good position to win. And once again, we have a question. We have a question about Sean Payton down the stretch in certain in certain situations and circumstances. I have my questions. Yes. Could not wait. Have my questions. We get on Tom Brady a lot. We've gotten on Tom Brady a hell of a lot this year about how he's looked so bad and so old. But, you know, hey, I continue to point out, hey, look at Brady's weapons. I say, look at what Brady's throwing the ball to. Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees. Wasn't the Drew Brees we saw all month of December. The Saints were averaging 36 points in December. Since week 11, they were averaging 36 points. Drew Brees and the the Saints offense look unstoppable. Look unstoppable. And against Mike Zimmer, good coach. Vikings, good coach. Uh, Good roster. I've been saying the Vikings, you know, these last, you know, since the season has, since the season's begun, I've always said Minnesota has probably the best roster on paper. I've always said that. But once again, that's not it's not about Minnesota. It's more, I think it's more about New Orleans. 
in failing once again to get over the top, to get over the top and break through. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. I think Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. But if Drew Brees had Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, that run game, guys on that would be killing Brady. So we got to do the same with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, he wasn't even the spark that woke the Saints up. Taysom Hill was the spark that woke the Saints up offensively. And for most part of the game, the Saints never really got it cracking offensively like we like we've been like we've been accustomed to the last month that we've been watching them. Practically throughout the whole year, they were unable to get the offense ramped up when it was time. They just they waited too long. It was too little too too little too late. Too little too late. They waited too late to get to pick up their flow, to pick up a rhythm, to get a rhythm on offense. And I once again I look at Sean Payton. I look at Drew Brees and I say, once again, uh, is is it the ref's fault? Or did Drew Brees not look good? Or did Sean Payton not look questionable in some areas? Just saying, the Saints also ineffective to run the football. Ineffective to run the football. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a season low in yardage. Great play, great game plan for Mike. Great, great, great game. I'm, I'm gonna give Mike Zimmer and the Vikings that great game because I've given the Vikings their props all throughout the year. We all know we just haven't been able to trust Kirk Cousins, and he's given us. He's ha- he has not given us good reason to trust him. And all of a sudden, just because he won he-, he wins one playoff game doesn't mean he's the he's the clutch quarterback of the century. No, he still has a lot to prove. Even despite winning this game. I'm a, but I give him credit where credit's due, even though I don't give credit. But Kirk Cousins, good job. You won a playoff game. You won the big game. You won a big game. You won a big game, but Mike Zimmer had a great, and that defense had a great game plan set, and it was obvious. They're not going to let, they, they didn't let Michael Thomas catch his 10, 12, catch. He, he, he had that. He had none of that. The Vikings were determined to, to, to eliminate Michael Thomas, and didn't I always say New England, I mean New Orleans, is the is a little bit offensively limited. They don't have a down the field threat. Didn't I say that? I said, yeah, they can run the ball. Alvin Kamara, he's nice. And Michael Thomas, he's a monster. But Michael Thomas is not a down the field threat. He's not running stop and goes. He's just not running go routes. Sorry. And to New Orleans fans, to the Saints fans, stop blaming on the refs. That's going to be your New Year's revolution. Stop blaming it on the refs for, for your teams, your quarterback, your head coach, shortcomings. Please stop blaming it on them. Please. The refs did not cost you the game. Drew Brees and Sean Payton did. That offense did. That defense could not stop the run, could not stop Dalvin Cook all day. 
So look at those guys before you look at the refs. Saints fans, don't do it this year. Don't say the refs screwed you over. Nobody screwed you over. You just lost. Your quarterback and your coach came up short once again in a big spot. Love you, Breeze. Love Sean Payton. But this is this is another year, third straight year, where they have fallen and have fallen short of the ultimate goal of getting and winning a Super Bowl, and they have not done so. They have failed. And this is the second loss to the Vikings in three years in the postseason. And you lost at home. Sure. Okay. Blame it on the refs. But we're not gonna but you're never gonna realize Sean Payton's and Jubilee's shortcomings. Now I wanna shift gears to Houston and Buffalo. Another game I got wrong. Another game I got wrong. And it looked pretty good for me. I, 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 at first, I really enjoyed that game. I think the Bills and Josh Allen, Josh Allen, he played pretty well for his first, you know, playoff game, first playoff debut, you know, playoff debut. wasn't, wasn't bad. He was really good in the first half. Real nice, you know, played smart in the first half. Uh, picked the spots well, throwing it, running it, even caught one, a touchdown pass. But in the second half, he just couldn't do much. J.J. Watt got involved in the game. J.J. Watt. You know, that offense, that, that, that's a Houston game. That's a game where, that's classic Houston. That's a classic Texans, Houston Texans game right there. Down early, defense isn't playing well. Bill O'Brien is getting outcoached. Offensive line is getting outmatched and overpowered. And Deshaun Watson just makes the spectacular plays. To get Indianapolis over the top. I mean Houston. Excuse me. Houston over the top. Deshaun Watson makes the spectacular plays. That's classic Houston right there. That's classic Houston. I, I mean I paid I pay close attention to the Texans all year. That's, that's exactly. They play you know a lot of energy. And sometimes they might come out flat. And they're getting outplayed. And Bill O'Brien's getting outcoached. But. The offensive line is letting Deshaun Watson down. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson makes the big plays. He makes the spectacular plays. And it's often usually down the field to DeAndre Hopkins, who comes up with, they come, they, they make those plays like two, three times a game. And it, it deflates you as a defense. You're like, ah, what more could we have done? What more could we have done? And that's what I was asking. What more could the Buffalo defense have done? They got seven sacks for the first half. They uh they 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 they, they, they shut down Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, and in the second half they just go berserk. And it's classic Houston Texans and the way they had they've been playing all year long. It's 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 classic Houston. It's classic Houston. They have looked that way. This is how they won their games. This is literally how Houston wins ten games. You know, start off slow, uh, second half come out, Deshaun Watson play well, DeAndre Hopkins gets a few big catches, maybe even a touchdown here and there, big deep plays, and they win the game. They win the game close. Deshaun Watson saves them once again, and that was the case again on Saturday. Deshaun Watson scoops in, you know, 
J.J. Watt gets a couple sacks, game-breaking sacks, and he scoops in and saves them. Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown or gets in field goal range, little flag football play, and it works, and Houston wins. That is just, that's how Houston been winning this year, you know? That's, a, that's, how, that's exactly how Houston been winning this year. But I'm going to talk about some coaching changes and some coaching moves that have happened and transpired this year already. I get, I'll be back on you guys on the next segment. I got you guys. Okay, so along with the wild card weekend and some crazy playoff games, while those games are on, you know, we all, you know, was paying attention to Ian Rappaport and Adam Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer on, you know, their latest updates on coaches and the coaching carousel around the NFL and primarily around the NFC East. Redskins got a new coach and Ron Rivera. The Cowboys got a new coach and Mike McCarthy and the Giants just landed Joe Judge, um, New England's wide receiver and special teams coach. Um, now, uh, let's talk about Mike McCarthy because I talked about the Redskins and Ron Rivera last week. Uh, let's talk about Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys hiring him. Uh, we all, if you all, we all know the backstory. Uh, was impressed. Uh, Jerry Jones, the Jones, Stephen Jones, were impressed with his interview. Um, you know, and then they asked him to stay the stay the night at the Joneses. Uh, he stayed the night, got the job. Uh, Mike McCarthy, he's a great coach. We all know he comes from that West Coast system. He's under the West Coast tree where he's had Montana, he's had Brett Favre, and he's had Aaron Rodgers. Um, so West Coast offense, we all know what that's about. Pass-oriented. Uh, you know, we all know Mike McCarthy is an offensive guru. He's, uh, he, you know, a, a port Earlier this year, came out during the season, uh, came out and said, "Hey, Mike McCarthy has basically transformed his whole entire basement, and has been looking at film all throughout this year, uh, breaking down analytics and numbers." So he, I, 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 I suspect that Mike McCarthy is going to come back a little bit, a little bit more sophisticated um, offensively. Even with him being an offensive guru, I think uh, the way, you know the, the route, the game is you know obviously going with mobile quarterbacks. He's going to come back with some with some little tricks up his sleeve, and numbers are going to favor him. Uh, with those play calls per se, so with with the Cowboys and this is the thing that I've been hearing. Oh, he's pass oriented, and that's not the Cowboys' formula to for them to win or for them to win big. And I'm like, first of all, he's pass oriented, but look at the quarterbacks Mike McCarthy has had. He's had Joe Montana. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Why in the hell wouldn't you be pass oriented? I would be pass oriented. 
if I have those guys, of course, of course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be past happy. Yeah, I have Joe Montana, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but with the with the old line and the physical presence of the Dallas Cowboys old line, um, we know when healthy. I, I I think they have about three Pro Bowlers on that offensive line with Tom with Tom Smith, uh, Travis Frederick, and Doug and uh, Zach Martin. But they have they definitely have two All Pros in Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. Uh, when healthy, Tom Smith can be a he can be an All Pro when he wants. But and then he has Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott behind that. I don't think I don't think Mike McCarthy's ever had that. I think Mike McCarthy is definitely an upgrade from Jason Garrett. Mike McCarthy, uh, since 2006, has the most playoff wins, has the second most playoff wins behind, of course, Bill Belichick. Um, he has 10 playoff wins. So he he look he he knows he ha- he has what the Cowboys looking for: playoff success, playoffs experience. Deep runs in a Super Bowl ring. He wants to, you know, the Cowboys ultimately want to get over that playoff hump. It's not, you know, they they didn't make the playoffs this year, but in the past, it hasn't been about them not making the playoffs or not being good enough. It's when they make the playoffs, can they win two, three games? Can they get to the Super Bowl title? Can they can they can they get to February? Are they going to be playing in February? That's been the Cowboys' downfall. And that's been the Cowboys' uh, nagging issue and problem for about just about the last ten years. I mean, they've had some good rosters in that in that time span where they have they they, they haven't they haven't done so they haven't done so well in the playoffs. Um, they they you know they win a, they win a game probably sometimes and then they lose, but then sometimes they get bounced out the first the wild card round. And I think Mike McCarthy his playoff experience. Playoff pedigree, him knowing what it takes to win a championship, I think, I think he can turn. I think he could turn some of these young guys around in Dallas. It's not like this team. Uh, the only only players that was that were on those teams with uh, Tony Romo and Dez Bryant, Demarco Murray is the O line. Everybody else, young, practically young. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, he was on that team, but. A lot of these guys are young, and you know these last their first for their their first for their first few years, they reached the postseason. They got in the postseason. They even won a postseason game. But Mike McCarthy is the guy that's going to take them to the next level. I feel like I feel like Mike McCarthy is the guy that's going to take the Cowboys to the next level. I still do have some questions. Um, you know, you know, as far as the defense and Mike Nolan, and you know. We still, I still got my questions about him, but I think offensively the Cowboys would be just fine. Um, obviously, it's gonna take a, it's gonna take some time for the team and the offense and Dak to learn that that West Coast offense to get that down pack. But this is why you hire Mike McCarthy in January, and you have practically all. Summer, all winter, summer, spring, spring, summer to get to get it together to be on one accord. Um, I'm sure Mike McCarthy has probably gotten in contact with Dak by now. That's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. And people say, "Oh, Dak is not as good as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers." 
I don't think they're gonna need him to be as good. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be run reliant. They're gonna pass when they need to. I think. I think the Cowboys are still gonna take their shots. I don't think the Cowboys are gonna be uh, conservative. I don't think they're gonna go from conservative. But I think they will p- take their shots when they need to. I think Mike McCarthy will bring a good balance to the offense. Last year, it was a lot of passing. It was a lot of passing, not a lot of running the ball. A lot of not, not a lot of running the ball. And when the Cowboys do did decide to run the ball, they did it most of the time they did it with some effectiveness. So it's not the ability of not being able to run the ball. Like you got you can run the damn ball. You got one of the best offensive lines in in football. And then you got Zeke behind you. You can run the damn ball. But the Cowboys just didn't run the ball last year. They got very pass-happy. Kellen Moore was very pass-happy. And I'm interested to see who does he bring on to the, uh, to, to the rest of the staff. Does he keep Kellen Moore? Does he keep, the, like, does he keep some of these guys? Because he he, cause Mike McCarthy has full control power of who he wants to hire and who he wants as his coordinators, as his assistant coaches and position coaches. He has ability to do that. And some even question... Hell, I even questioned with, with Jerry's ego and the way how, you know, Jerry moves and facilitates. I guess Jerry was listening. He went outside the box. Jerry went outside the box. And it's quite wise that, you know, I thought he made a move like this. It's quite wise that he made a move like this. Um, I think it's very progressive on Jerry's end. And then I think all Jerry has to do is not not just be not be involved in the team so much, but let Mike McCarthy grow with his team. Let Mike McCarthy grow and develop and groom this team. Let him groom this team, and because you know with Jerry, that that's the problem. That you know that tends to be the problem. You know he has too much direct control of the Cowboys. We all know he's the owner, the president, of operations, the GM. He's all that and some more. We all know that's Jerry Jones. And he wants to be seen sometimes, most times, heard. But I think let, 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 that's going to be Jerry Jones with New Year's Revolution. Let the reins go. Let Mike McCarthy groom this team. Because this, this, this is somewhat of a young team. This is somewhat of a young team. You got a, four, you got a fourth-year quarterback, fourth-year running back. Uh, your receiver is in his prime. You got guys on your defense that's in their prime. So let's let, let 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 him grow and groom this team. And let this let this let this bad boy develop. Let let this team develop and grow with Mike McCarthy. I think if Jerry let him do that, I think he'll see much more success. I think the Cowboys will experience much more success. Um now on to the Giants hire. Uh Joe What's his what's his name? Joe Judge. Joe Judge. To try to look him up on Pro Football uh, Reference, hell, couldn't find him. Don't know who the hell the guy is. First, first off, I think the Giants were desperate. The Giants, and I said it. I said it last week. I said the Giants have Dave Dave Gettleman got to get this this pick right. He got to get this hiring right because the Giants' job is not a bad job. The Giants' job has a lot of upside. You got a young knight. You got a nice young quarterback um, with Saquon Barkley, explosive. Some good, some good weapons on the outside. Uh, you got two interior 
guys that are young and good. You can you can play with these guys, and you got some draft picks to play with as well. So I thought this was a good setup and a good job for the right coach. And the Giants, after they found out, you know about after they found out about you know other coaches going other places, they 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 probably like uh we gotta we gotta go with this guy. I felt like it was a it was a hiring that they didn't want. I felt like I felt like it was a hiring that they didn't want. That they 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 didn't want they didn't want to hire Joe Judge. I felt like it was desperate. It was a desperate call. It was a desperate call on their behalf. It was desperate. It was desperate. It was desperate. Matt Rule. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Matt Rule. That I thought the Giants. He's he's from New York. I thought the Giants would definitely take him up on an interview and bring him in immediately. But Carolina went on and snatched him up, gave him seventy large for seven years. But I don't want to move on. I don't want to move to Matt Rule yet. But with this Joe, this Joe Judge coach, why the hell did the Giants pick? Why did the hell did the Giants hire him? This is absolutely crazy. The Giants should be the Giants should be ashamed of themselves. First. Dave, Dave, Dave Gettleman, what the hell are you doing? New York, the sport, the sports, like the city of sports in New York, besides the Yankees, has become laughable. The Knicks, the Jets, the Mets, the 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 the, the Giants, it's become laughable. It's become laughable now. It's really laughable. Who in the hell is a Joe Judge? He was the he was the Patriots receiving coach. That what was the Patriots' problem all year on offense? Oh my bad, their receivers. So you went out and hired their receivers coach. You went out and hired the Patriots' receivers coach. But mind you, the Patriots' weakness on offense was, oh yeah, the goddamn receivers. That, that that was the Patriots. That was the Patriots' weaknesses. That was the that was the Patriots' weaknesses and Achilles' heel all year offensively was the receivers. And you go out and hire the receiver coach, Giants. What are you thinking? And now the Giants easily have the worst coach in the division, and it's not even close. Ron Rivera is a good coach for the Skins. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning coach, and he coaches the Cowboys, who probably have the most talented roster in the division. And then Doug Peterson, already a Super Bowl winning coach with the Eagles. This is easily the worst move the Giants have made. This, I mean, what, 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 what kind of move is this? I was shell shocked when I heard. I was like, first, who was Joe Judge? Didn't hear his name in any in any interviews with any other team. I'm 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 thinking like, what 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 what's going on? What what's happening? And then, not to mention, he was only the receiver coach for New England. But usually, guys under the New England under the Belichick tree, under the Belichick tree, don't they don't they don't pan out well. These guys don't pan out well. 
guys that's under Belichick, they don't pan out well. Brian Flores, I hope he does. A, I hope he can turn around Miami. But he went. But excuse me. But he went five and eleven with Miami. Mike Vrabel, Mike Vagel, Vagel don't count because Mike Vagel, he played he played for New England. He didn't, he didn't coach under Belichick. But Joe Joe, Joe, Joe Judge this is easily the worst coach in the division. This is easily the worst coach in the division. And now that I look at it, you know, I you you guys remember what I said? Hey, coach, quarterback. Division winners had the best coach and quarterback team. The, the Giants are not going to win this division. They're not going to win this division because they don't have the best coach and quarterback tandem. They don't have it. Joe Judge, I mean, unless the guy proves me wrong, unless the guy proves me wrong and he turns out to be a good coach, but really? Joe Judge? No. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And I know the city of New York, and I know the fans of the Giants are pissed. And their division rivals like the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Eagles, they're laughing. They're laughing. Like, you had you had so many other coaching candidates. You had so many other coaching candidates that I thought the Giants would look into if they couldn't land Matt Rule. I thought they would definitely look into Jason Garrett. No, I, you know, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of Jason Garrett. But Jason Garrett, by no means, is a bad coach. He's just mediocre. He's just too mediocre for the Cowboys. Jason Garrett is just too mediocre for the Cowboys. But he's definitely a coach that can get you nine to ten wins. Eric Benini. Offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, guys under the Andy Reid coaching tree, they they, they they pan out. Guys under the Andy Reid coaching tree pan out. It's a higher success rate than the guys in the Belichick because in the Belichick tree because Belichick is so freaking smart. He is so freaking smart. Where like his smarts can't. Automatically, all of it can't just transfer into his assistant coaches and his coordinators. Andy Reid is just an is just an offensive mastermind and creative offensively, and it and it, it it feeds off it feeds off of his coaches or his coordinators under him. I thought Eric Benini Benini would be a good. Candidate for the Giants job. Coordinator, have you have you not seen Kansas City offense these last two years? Have have you not seen their offense these last two years? Like dynamic. Dynamic A1 dynamic. So I, I, I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not quite grasping the fact on why New England I mean well New England the Giants went out and signed New England's receiver coach as their head coach. I, I I'm sorry. I, I can't understand that. I can't understand that. This is the this is the first accusation of 2020 where my mind is all over the place. I'm trying to I'm like I'm trying to connect the dots. What the hell did the Giants see? 
What the hell did John see? It's not like the New England receiving core had. It's not like they had. They had a bad year. The the receivers were. They were they 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 stuck they 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 were they stuck out like a sore thumb in the Patriots offensive struggles. They were the main core of the Patriots offensive struggles. And you hired a coach that coaches the receivers? Really? I I, I thought I mean Josh McDaniels, he would have been a good coaching candidate under Belichick. Even though he's under Belichick, but Josh McDaniels Already had he's already had coaching experience. You pick a guy that has no coaching experience under Belichick. He was this. He was the receiver coach for the Patriots this year. Who receivers stink, and you get the job? What? How? I'm just trying to wrap my mind around that. How? But I I sincerely apologize if you know around this time next year he's a it turns out he was a good coach. I sincerely apologize, but I, I, not not even with him being the receiver coach for the Patriots because I look at the receivers for the Patriots this year, god awful, they stink. So, sorry if I come off harsh. I, I'm sorry. But, Joe Judge, don't know how he got the job. I don't know, I, I do not know how he landed the job. And I don't want to overreact. I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to get overreact. Like I said, if, if it turns out he, he's a good coach, to God be the glory for the, for the Giants. If he turns out to be a good coach, to God be the glory for the Giants. My bad. My bad, bro. But I, I, I haven't seen nothing that warrants for me to say, hey, this is a guy you got to watch out for. I haven't seen nothing that warrants that. So I'm well within my right to be questioning and being confused on why and how he landed this job. That's all I'm saying. There they was a, there were, there were a couple, there were a few more candidates that the Giants could have took seriously that I like personally for their young quarterback with an explosive, with an explosive running back and some nice weapons on the outside. I just would have thought, hey, they go Eric Benini way. Josh McDaniels. I thought they would be leaning more towards that. And they're not. So, okay, Giants. If this guy if this guy is everything I'm saying he's going to be, good luck. Good luck. But if he turns out to work, he works. But I just haven't seen nothing that warrants that. So... But on the Matt Rule in Carolina, I like Matt Rule at Baylor. I, I like his character. I just like his character and his charismatic. I think you know, with a new, with under new ownership, um, you know, going into like basically a new era, um, and 
like what what better era to bring in a college coach? Like this goes back to the Giants. Why not bring in? Try to see if you can lure Link um um Lincoln Riley or lure Urban Meyer. Lincoln Riley seems a little bit unrealistic, but Urban Meyer, what? You know, with the game transforming and the way how the game is played, especially by today's quarterbacks, the younger quarterbacks that are that can move, you would think like this is the perfect time for some teams like Carolina, the Giants to actually be exploring the college route because because the NFL and the college concepts it's it's slowly adapting into the NFL. So, I, that just makes sense. So, with Carolina, I, I, I like the high with Matt Rule. Um, seven-year contract. Now, the only thing with that seven-year contract is, what if he goes 3-13, and 3-13, and 4-12 and his first three years? Do, 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 the, do the Panthers bring him back for the fourth year? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do they bring him back for the fourth year? Because he'd be 10 and 38. He'd have a record of 10 and 38. Do you bring him back with a 3 and 12, 3 and 12, and 4, 3 and 13, 3 and 13, and 4 and 12 record his first three years? You, you bring that back? I don't know. I don't know. So that's the only thing with the seven year deal. But I like I like Matt Rule. I like what he stands for. I like what he stands for. Um, I, you know, I really like his character. Uh, he's re- he he turned he really turned around that Baylor um fran- that franchise. He turned around that Baylor program. That 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 Baylor program. Um, it faced a lot with, with you know with Bros with Matt Bros leaving. Um, but he turned around that Baylor fran- that Baylor um program. He turned it around. They won eleven games. He turned it around. He definitely turned around this year. Play Oklahoma uh, top tough this year twice. You know they took it to they took it to the wire with Oklahoma twice this year, and they you know of course they lost to Georgia in their bowl game. But um, I like the hire by by Carolina. I like the hire. Maybe and with Matt Rule, maybe uh, Cam Newton, maybe his chances of staying is you know a little bit higher with Matt Rule. I don't know. Um, you know, but if if certainly if he's not gonna stay and the Panthers decide to go a, a different option, you know, then that you know that that's when the draft comes up and you like, hey, should we move up, draft the quarterback? Like, what the hell do we do? So uh, I like the I like the hire by Matt by the Panthers with Matt Rule. Um, not a big fan of the ju- of the Joe Judge hiring and Mike McCarthy. I think he'll work and I think he'll take Dallas to the next level. Um, so that's what I think. That's my take on the coaches, on the new coaches. Um, so I want to move on to the Packers. I want to talk about the Packers. The Packers. I've been hard on the Packers, but this one, this one, I'm gonna do with the Packers. For all the Packer fans, for and for all the people that that just think I hate on Aaron Rodgers and I hate on the Packers, for all those people, for all those fans, this is what I'm gonna do for the Packers. This is what I'm gonna do. And it's true. I mean, look, they, 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 look at look at the look at their schedule. 
they beat they had they didn't lose a division game all this year. They beat Minnesota twice. They beat Chicago twice. They beat Detroit twice. Then you beat on Deshaun. You beat on uh, Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones. You beat on quarterbacks like that, Kyle Allen, Joe Fluco. They've been beating up on quarterbacks like that, Derek Carr, all year. And they really haven't, you know, they, they faced Minnesota, who's a playoff team, and they beat them twice. But one was out Davin Cook, and one was in the beginning of the year. And from week two to now, this Minnesota team is a different team. So I'm looking, I'm like, oh, Green Bay. But this might be the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. This might be the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. But, 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 hear me out. This is this is this is my thing with the Packers and Green and Aaron Rodgers. With the way how the with the easy schedule this year, um, and the easy division games this year, which is unlike the NFC North, um, and now you happen to you know you got could Green Bay make actually make a Super Bowl run? Could they actually make a Super Bowl run? Because I said they weren't in my Super Bowl bubble a couple weeks ago, but they were right outside of it. And I never, I never, I never like dismissed the fact that they can go to the Super Bowl and make a run at the Super Bowl. I, I, I never dismissed it. I just feel like with the way how Aaron Rodgers is playing and the weapons that he has surrounding him is very limited. And I told you. Stack the box and double-team Devontae Adams over top and force him to throw the ball to somebody else. Force somebody else to beat you. But it can't be Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams that beat you. But besides that, and my my point about the Packers offense, could this be the year that they actually make a Super Bowl run? Like, okay, you know, Seattle... Seattle is a Seattle is very um I don't want to say vulnerable, but they have a lot of injuries. Seattle is very banged up. And Seattle's on the road once again for the second straight week. And they 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 had a dog fight between Philly and Philly had a lot of guys out as well. Probably even more. They had a dog fight with Philly. Now, with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and him being at Lambeau, I'm sure Vegas would probably give Green Bay the edge. Let's just say Green Bay beats Seattle at home. Okay? They beat Seattle at home. They advance to the NFC Championship. And let's just say, for argument's sake, San Francisco beats Minnesota to move on to the NFC Championship, too. You go back out to Cali. There you go. I think that I think Green Bay has a good chance to make a Super Bowl run with now not having to play the Saints. And with the Vikings looking hot, that San Francisco and Vikings game doesn't look too sweet. It doesn't look as sweet as people may think. That Packers game, that I mean that that 49ers and Vikings game 
may not be as smooth selling and sweet as people or as 49ers think it may be. So that's one point. That's one point. I think this is the perfect opportunity for the Packers to make a Super Bowl run. Easy schedule. Uh, division has been weak this year. Um, you know, wide open lane, no Drew Brees. So Aaron Rodgers, if they beat, if he beat, if he beats Russell Wilson, no matter who they play, Vikings or Packers, I mean Vikings or 49ers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers will undisputed, undisputedly be the best quarterback on the field. So this is this is the Packers' chance. To make me eat my words, I still think they're a little bit limited offensively. But if Seattle can't exploit that, and Green Bay is hot, and they take their and they take their hot streak to the 49ers, and let's just say they beat the 49ers, not so hard of a road. It's not so hard of a road. Usually with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. They usually own the road. They usually got to play at least one road game, at least one or two road games. They got to play a wild card weekend. They got to do a lot. But this year, they got a first round bye. They play at home. You know, depending on who wins this game, the other matchup, they might be still playing at home against the, against the Vikings if the Vikings win. But if the 49ers lose, obviously, the Packers will have to go out there. But, this is a clear path for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl. It's a clear path. You know, with Drew Brees being gone, the Saints being gone, Seattle's right there, but I feel like Seattle, I I don't know, I like Russell Wilson, love Russell Wilson, but he's not, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have running backs behind him. You know, they got a, they got a key injury at the running, at the running back position, and yeah, they bung in Homer and Marshawn Lynch, but against Philadelphia in that front seven, Seattle had 18 rushes for 17 yards. 18 rushes, 18 rushes for 17 yards, and that's not balance, obviously. That's not balance at all, obviously. And Russell Wilson had to make up for all that, you know, either through the air or with his legs. He had to make up through it, and he overcame it. But this is a perfect, this is a perfect clear path. I'm not gonna say perfect, but this is a clear path for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl. This is as clear as a path that I can remember that the Packers have had to get to the Super Bowl. Let's see if Aaron Rodgers can lead the troops back to the glory land. Um, I, you know, I, I think they're a little offensively limited, like I said. But more and more I look at it, and the more and more I analyze it, I'm like, mm, these Packers might mess around and be be in Miami playing playing in February. They might they might slip around and get in there. You know, if Aaron Rodgers gets really hot. They might slip around and get into the Super Bowl. Would I bet on them? Probably not. But this is a clear path for the Packers. And for Packer fans, this might be the year. 
This might be the year where you overcome the NFC and you go to the Super Bowl and you see Aaron Rodgers possibly, just possibly, lift up his second Lombardi trophy. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, and one last thing. One last thing I want to get off my chest. I don't like how the media just... I, I love, don't get me wrong. I like DK Metcalf. And I saw him ball out on Sunday against Philly. I saw him. I get it. Going up, snagging. I get it. But let's not forget that DK, DK Metcalf coming out of college, coming out of Ole Miss... Was a one route guy. He had, he he could only one he could only run one route. He was not running multiple routes. He was not a polished route runner. Footwork mechanics poor. He's got he's a guy that's a big guy, big strong guy that run that, that runs one route, but it's very fast and elusive. Can we not give him all the credit? Can we just give Russell Wilson a little bit of the credit? I mean, Russell, like I said, I already said it. I said it a couple minutes ago. Russell Wilson had no run game whatsoever. 18 rushes for 17 yards. He had no run game. Can we give Russell Wilson a little bit of credit in making better and making DK, DK Metcalf a little better. Can, can we can we give some of that credit and love to Russell Wilson? I just hear all the, the flowers and all the peaches and avocado. I mean, just go, just going in DK Metcalf way direction. But we forgetting who throwing the ball. We I don't know why we do that to Russell Wilson. It's, I don't know why. Maybe I don't know. I don't know why we continue to do that to Russell Wilson, but I feel like I'm 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 one of the few media members that really give Russell Wilson his props. I don't know why we do it. I don't know why we do it. I don't know why we do it, but we do it. I don't I don't understand why we cannot give Russell Wilson his props. He's good. The guy is good. Why can't we just give him his props? Instead, we just glorify DK Metcalf, but forget we don't forget. Hey, he he only ran coming out of college. He only ran one route. But Russell Wilson, what you guys realize, it doesn't matter who you put around him. <clears throat> Russell Wilson makes the thing happen. He the Patriots cut Jacob Hollister. Russell Wilson made Jacob Hollister somewhat of a threat. Will Disley, he wasn't even playing tight end in college. He played DN. Then they moved into tight end. Only caught a handful of passes that year. Goes to Seattle. Russell Wilson turns Will Disley into a star. And all I hear is praises for Will Dis- Disley. I'm like, the guy's not even that good. He wasn't even that good at college. But he's getting all, all of a sudden, he's getting all the praise. No, Russell Wilson... Made him look like that. He made him look that good. Doug Baldwin was undrafted. There was a couple years where Doug Baldwin was really good. 
You thought you think he just got like no no Russell Wilson made him look good, made him look better. That's what I'm talking about. Russell, Russell Wilson, not being Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I don't know why we. I don't know why some media members are afraid to give him credit. Why? He's a cool dude. Cool dude. Don't say nothing. Don't bother nobody. Not a big. Don't have a big ego. But we we love to take off a Baker. We'll take off a Baker in a heartbeat. But Dak, I mean, but Dak and Russell Wilson, these guys. Nah, we don't take up for him. We don't take up for him at all. We don't we don't nurture them at all. But. Like I said, like I, I told you guys already that this is going to be a low, a long episode because I had a lot to talk about. We had a lot to debrief. Um, can't wait to the, can't wait to see these divisional games this upcoming weekend. Can't wait. Um, we also got the national college football and, um, playoff national title game coming up this upcoming Monday. We got a lot of stuff on the docket. We got to get to. See you guys. Catch you guys later. Always remember two choices, one decision. Out. Peace. Gone.